Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We're your host, Daniel Bonnie Hoover. Yeah, welcome to this episode of the podcast. So we are, what, 30-something episodes in yep. to our podcast. We've talked yep. about communication We've talked about relationship roles, mm-hmm. personality. Yeah, lots of stuff. So many, so many things. But Bonnie and I were talking the other day. There's a topic that we've never really talked about, and I don't yes. know if that's really been on purpose or on accident or what. But that is the topic of sex. sex. Yeah. So over the next couple of episodes. We're going to probably three over the next three episodes, we're going to be talking about sex and we got a lot to say about it because we've never talked about it. Yeah. Well, I think there are several reasons we've never talked about this uh, when we look back over and you may have even wondered, why have they not talked about this? And I'll tell you, the first reason is I don't like to talk about it. (laughs) It's uh, it's, it's, You're a good Southern girl. I'm a good Southern girl. girl and it's not something that, that my family ever really talked about much. It was uh, very private and personal and then um well it was talked about in, in youth ministry in my church they talked about but don't it was, do it don't do it That's it's all they it's talked bad about and um don't do that but um that was that's one i don't know it was kind of that you know well i think know. a lot of us are sh- i mean we're shaped by the homes we grow up in yeah. so your 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 family was very don't talk about it at all no um and i don't know if that was intentional or not but we just didn't Right. Well, we didn't. There were a lot of things we didn't talk about, but I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, we. I don't know if we talked about it. Talked about it, but we. Um, you know, my parents. My parents are their physical touch, man. Their affection. Yeah. I mean, even today, and you know, dad's in his eighties, mom's late seventies. They sit on a couch. They hold hands. Yeah. And so they would hug and they would kiss in front of us boys. It wasn't like it was a sweep it under the rug taboo thing to talk about. We talked, yeah. you know, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of came into marriage with different yeah. ideas about it. Sure. The, the, the same thing. We were both, you know, good church kids growing up. And in church, they said, don't do it. Right. Wait till marriage. That's right. really right. all it was. And I did. I do think they said in marriage, this is a wonderful thing. Yeah, but I don't That's think really we heard as far anything as they got. We didn't hear much more than don't do it. You know, before right. you get don't go do it before you get married. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we heard. And I'm the youngest of four boys. I think my parents even forgot to have the talk with me, <laughs> the sex yeah. talk. I mean, yeah. did we have the talk with yeah. them? I can't remember. Well, and I will also say this. Um, another reason I don't think we've talked about it, um, Josie. If you're listening to this, turn it off now. <laughs> and Colby, if you're reason. listening to it, turn it off because Josie likes to listen to our podcast. Mom and dad, aunts and uncles, if you're listening to this, turn yeah. it off. <laughs> so, well, no, but seriously, there there is another reason. Um, and that's that there are some podcasts that are specifically dedicated to talking about healthy yep. um, sex and marriage. And a couple of those, I know that uh, like The Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis is one and One Extraordinary Marriage is another. And yep. so those are great podcasts. If you are, if you want to hear someone talk about this a lot, it's not going to be <laughs> us. <laughs> As a matter of fact, One Extraordinary Marriage, they, they did a 60-day sex challenge. And I think it was 60 days. And they started their podcast after that. Mm-hmm. That was really the thing that um, that kind of launched yeah. their podcast. And so, go listen to them. They're, they talk yeah. about it most every podcast, yep. which is which is great. It's so needed. But so we, that was a that was a gap we didn't need to, to fill, and we didn't feel like God was calling us right. to only that. Yep. But we do need to talk about it. 
why is this topic so important? Um, and I, I think one reason it's important is that um, I don't think churches do talk about it much, but it's mm-hmm. an important topic to talk about because God created it. It was, mm-hmm. it was his idea and it was his gift to us. And he's got a lot to say about it in his word and a lot of instructions. And the best place to find out how something should work is to talk to the inventor or the mm-hmm. creator and nobody else. Um, I mean, no, nowhere else that you hear from knows better how something should operate than the person who created it. And so I think when you talk about what God's word says about mm-hmm. that relationship. Yeah, you're right. Churches don't talk about it a lot. I think the modern church probably within the past 10, 15 years talks about it more yeah. than the church that we grew up in, in the, you know, the, in the eighties and nineties and, and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I think another reason why is um, the enemy has perverted it so yeah. much. He has taken something that God created amazing and he has twisted it into this, this ugly, evil, manipulative thing. And, um, I'll, I mean, I'll never forget the first time we went to Las Vegas. Oh, we were teaching a a, long time ago. A long time ago. I mean, this was probably 15, 20 years ago. We flew into Las Vegas. We were teaching at a church out there and, um, Man, we got off that airplane, mm-hmm. and as a mid twenties guy, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm like walking through the airport, covering your eyes. It's like, everywhere. Well, I mean, just in the airport, it was sensory overload. It really was. But anytime God creates and blesses something, what does the enemy do? He mm-hmm. perverts it. He twists it. He creates a counterfeit. Yeah. And that's not just with sex. That's with everything um he creates his own version version of it i almost said virgin that fits though um that robs us um from what god really intended and the reason he created it and uh, we'll talk about that more in the next episode yep but today we're going to kick off a three-part series talking about god's design for sex and intimacy in marriage All right, so today we are going to talk about sex, and we're starting a three-part series on that topic, and we think the best place to start this conversation is at the beginning. Yep. That's a, that's a very good place to start. Yeah, yep, yep. So we want to go ahead and establish where sex came from. Like we said, that nobody knows better what to do with something than the person who invented it, and God created it, and you have to go back to the very beginning when he did create the very first man and woman. And I think to do anything else is going to short change God's design for this, this beautiful thing that he has given us as a gift in marriage. And so he created the heavens and the earth, this beautiful Eden, and then he created man and he put him in it to work it. And then we get to read this beautiful passage in Genesis two, where God topped off his creation and, it's just really cool. So um, we don't often read long passages of scripture, but we really want to do that today. So we want to start in um, chapter two of Genesis verse 18, where the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord had formed out of the ground, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. 
But for Adam, I can pick it up for me. Okay. Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and then he closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. That's why men like ribs, <laughs> like to eat ribs. He had, I never realized that. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Oh, man, like a gift, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if he came with a plate of ribs, that'd be great too. <laughs> and the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman or woe man. <laughs> woe man. So <laughs> she was take because she was taken out of the man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So that passage just sets up, I mean, just talks about the gift that God gave man and woman and each other. And he brought them together, and he set them out in this, on this grand mission of taking care of creation. And he said, and be fruitful and multiply. But there was a lot more to it than that. And, and in his great love, he designed them in a way that, that they could physically and emotionally come together and know each other on a level that they couldn't know anything or anyone else. You know, this thing that sticks out to me, and I think this is why it's important, guys, that we go back to God's original creation because he had intent. Mm. He had intentionality when he did this, and there's a purpose of it. I mean, can you imagine, why do I use a, a car? Well, let's go back to the purpose of it as transportation, yeah. Right. When we get away from the, the purpose of something, the in, original intent of it, then, you know, why do I get, well, man, when you dump thousands of dollars into uh, beefing up your car and all this stuff, and yet the engine doesn't work. Oh, yeah. it looks great, but the engine doesn't work. Well, well you've lost the original intent. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why it's important to go back to the garden yeah. and creation, because God intended it and he had purpose in it. And it was multi-purpose, which we'll look at. Yeah. And I think that's why why it's really important. Yeah, and I don't think that, I mean, there's so many couples that struggle in this area. I know that as, as you counsel couples, this is a very big source of contention in marriage. Um, Huge. It's something that, that they have not figured out after a lot of years, or it was working great for a while, and now it's not anymore. And mm-hmm. um, there's just been a breakdown somewhere, and which is sad because it's such an important part of the marriage relationship but it has, it's lost its value somewhere along the way in marriages. Mm-hmm. Because we get away from that, those original, original intent of why he created it. And you know what they say. I mean, the, the biggest issues in marriage is sex and money. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think with both of those, we get away from the original intention mm-hmm. of it. You know, with money, it's to, we tell our kids money is used to give, save and spend. Yeah. And, um, and God created marriage with an in- intentionality. And when we get away from that and we start using it for other reasons or selfishly and, and all the things we're going to be talking about, it gets, it's, it's very dangerous. Yeah. And some, some couples will talk about how when they first got married, it was just so great. Mm-hmm. But if you look at why it was so great, I mean, barring the use of alcohol, most couples <laughs> didn't just like meet and then just like jump into bed together. And well, the movies they do. Well, you, right, uh, right. But they probably got together and when they first met, they started getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. They formed this friendship. Mm-hmm. They spent a lot of time together. They shared their hearts, their, their emotions started coming out, all the good feel good stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, and you're sharing your ideas and this, 
bond happened and you were just drawn to each other. It's mm-hmm. that. And then, you know, then, but now you wonder why your sex life is lacking, but you've, you know, you've been many years in your marriage and you've, you know, you've, you've lost touch of the thing that drew you together in the beginning. And that I think is friendship. Yeah. Um, it was kind of that foundational thing that's like, you know, it's just not, we're just not good anymore. Well, let's look at everything. Let's and not and just there's a that. disclaimer there. There's a hundred reasons why sure. sex may not be working in your relationship. But I think, uh, I think you're right. I think you go back to that foundational thing is when people first meet, they develop this connection, this bond. And, um, and, and listen, sexual attraction is a part of that. Yeah. I mean, God, God knew I'm going to bond these people together. That, that needs to, that attraction has to be there. Yeah. And so, um, well, and you've counseled couples if it's not that is, you might want to look at this if you're having, if, yeah. you, if you don't have any the attraction, if you're getting closer to your wedding date and you're like, we're, we're struggling in this, then. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've, I, yeah, you're right. I've counseled couples that although, you know, we preach abstinence till marriage, we feel like that's God's best. That's a yes. God's intended best. And uh, we feel like anything outside of that is sin. And um, so, as, but as I'm counseling couples, pre-marriage couples, you know, if there's not this, if I notice they're sitting on different ends of the couch mm. or they're sitting in two different chairs or their arms around each not around each other, or they're not in some way googly eyed, I'm concerned. Yeah. Cause I'm like, listen, sex should be, if, if you're abstaining, it should be a struggle. It yeah. should be very difficult to abstain. Yes. I mean, you should literally be all over each other and, and really fighting to right. abstain. Right. Because if you're not, then something in the relationship is off because God created this. I don't think, and this is an aside, I don't think God created relationships to happen the way they happen today, mm-hmm. where we date for four years, engage for three years, mm-hmm. and then finally get married. I don't think the abstinence from, I don't think the um, con, uh, cons, uh, when when consummation of the marriage is set several years down the road from the initial dating or or bond. You know what I'm saying? I think, uh, I think we've put a lot of time in there and which is a big struggle if you're trying to be pure. pure. So anyway, back to the topic. Yep. Well, if you go back and look at scripture, let's go back and look at it where it says that God looked at this man he created and he said, okay, it's not good that he should be alone. I don't think that meant he needed supervision. <laughs> I mean, now some men well, some might. Guys, some guys do. But, but, That's why men die earlier than women. They don't have supervision. But he knew that man needed relationship. He needed somebody to talk to and dream with and share his life with and to be friends with. And I mean, how sad. Okay, so he, he names all the animals. He's sitting there like naming the animals as they walk by. And he's got nobody to look at and say, Hey, hey, look how funny that one with the long neck looks. I mean, that what are we going to call that? Praise God he didn't can he didn't yeah. look us up with like an an elephant yeah. or a llama or something. I mean, yeah. come on, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. But yeah, he needed somebody to listen. Guys have dad jokes and guys <laughs> needed someone to sit next to him and laugh at their dad jokes. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Seriously, but that friendship is a, is a big part of that and um we we read a book several years ago and um 
Actually, over the next few podcasts, you're going to hear us reference it a good bit. It's um, Real Marriage, The Truth About Sex, Friendship, and Life Together by Mark and Grace Driscoll. And we'll have a, a link for that in mm-hmm. our in our notes because it's a great book for you to read. But anyway, they talk about the value of friendship and marriage. And a lot of times when the friendship is neglected, affection and the sexual relationship suffer. They said that the determining factor in whether wives feel satisfied with sex romance and passion in their marriage is by 70 percent good night 70 percent is based on the quality of the couple's friendship okay men if you're listening to this podcast take note of that take note of that that you're 70 percent of wives feel satisfaction with the sex and passion and romance in their marriage by the quality of the friendship goodness gracious Mm -hmm. that speaks a lot to the connection yeah that that um that is that's created to you know yeah. for the sex to be to be fulfilling and to be uh, purposeful you know well, uh, and, yeah. and and I and I think sex definitely it flows out it was created to flow out of honest communication trust a strong healthy friendship and um, healthy conflict management passionate love I mean all of that yeah. and, and and ultimately a sense of respect and um, relational equality with each other. Yeah. And um and sex it it flows out of all those things. It's a responding. Yeah. Well, and there's response. It's not what we see in the movies though. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. the okay, there's this chemistry, this connection, so let's just go for it, but that's that over time is going to fail and it'll it is it's faulty in setting up a relationship based on that alone. No, um, it's nice to have a little bit of that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but it can't be the foundation for the for, no, the, whole, right. for the relationship, and um, you know, sometimes intimacy in marriage is going to depend on how good of a friend that we're being to our spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that is that men and women kind of maintain friendships differently. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's difficult sometimes in friendship, where um, our idea of friendship might look different because mm-hmm. um, men and women are wired differently. Yeah. Yeah, you're very right. Uh, Women, how are women wired? How are men wired? And this is, this is typical. This is not with every relationship, though. Every relationship's not this way. But typically, women um, maintain friendships and connection face to face, Mm -hmm. talking. You know, that's why most women feel better communicating over dinner or over coffee or just. Mm -hmm. You know, spending time together. Uh, last Sunday night, I, I took Josie out. She, uh, her birthday, her eleventh birthday, was coming up, and so I took her out just on a little daddy-daughter date. And it wasn't really for her birthday, but it, you know, it was. Just it was the week time of it. Weather. Yeah. And so I had a, a Carabas gift card because I'm incredibly cheap. So I, <laughs> I used the gift card. Oh, and I took her to. She loved it. She did, and uh, took her to Carabas, and it was so special. And that girl, I've said this before, probably she has seven out of the five love languages. <laughs> It, but words, I mean, words of affirmation, uh, all of that. I mean, every physical touch, quality time, she's all of them. But that girl can sit and just talk over, well, literally, she can sit and talk anywhere. But over <laughs> over dinner, especially over pasta, <laughs> over Italian, for hours. And we just talked about anything and everything oh, yeah. and connected um, so women typically communicate better face to face. Men typically communicate better 
shoulder to shoulder. That's mm-hmm. why you see guys going and playing golf, golf all the time, whether wives are having coffee with somebody. Yeah. That's why you see men going hunting together mm-hmm. or going on hunting trips together or working on the car together. Or nowadays guys play video games together, you know, different things, guys, shoulder to shoulder communicate better. And that's very true with our son Colby too. Well, that's why y'all are out talking. Colby and I were sitting here playing cards, card games and playing games. Yeah. And he that he felt so close to me just because we were playing a game mm-hmm. and just spending time together like that, mm-hmm. kind of doing something fun. Yeah. When I'm out, we'll throw the ball in the yard or when I'm doing a project, he'll come and, you know, and help me with it. And we just talk and, Typically, that's, and we've talked about that before on the podcast, that there needs to be that shared interest if you're going to invest in that friendship. Mm-hmm. So, Bonnie, I need to, it actually might be a little bit blended in our relationship. I mean, yeah. I like sitting over coffee and chatting with you, too, but I also like projects, and you like both, too. Yeah. Um, so, and we kind of share maybe, both of those together. Maybe that's over a lot of years of marriage, we've developed that. Developed that. You're probably right. Um, but I think... For the most part, in general, and I'll speak in a generality here, it's not for every every marriage, but I think women need to learn to grow in our area of that shoulder-to-shoulder skill of hanging out with our husband mm-hmm. just and not having to talk all the time. Mm-hmm. We need to get better at that. and Because it's not about what you're doing. No. No, it's about being together, enjoying just mm-hmm. being together, and then... But men, some I think they need to grow a little bit in their face-to-face skills with their wives. They do. They do. And it may mean, you know, wives, you got to make him a good steak and he'll sit down over <laughs> dinner and talk to you. I don't know. But but yeah. you're right. Men, we need to grow in that too. And um, what, But what's interesting is how God, so in this original story, how God um, designed us physically mm-hmm. for sex mirrors our emotional design, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Bonnie, will you talk about the parts and how he designed us <laughs> that way? Well, you know, it is interesting because, um, and this is where we truly believe that God designed marriage to be between one man and one woman That's right. for life. And even our physical design was put together with that intention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, he he designed Women, I mean, we want to be known intimately. We mm-hmm. want to, um, it's it's that desire to invite her husband to discover her heart and fully understand her and to be, to, I mean, for lack of a better way of explaining it, to take him into herself and to be known. Mm-hmm. And it's that physical way he designed to, us. To be discovered. To be discovered. Women, you know, for the most part, like to be chased, like to yeah. be pursued, mm-hmm. like to be discovered, like to be... Physically touched and discovered. Physically touched. I mean, so even when we're talking about connecting face-to-face, that is a, I want you to get to know me, and I want you mm-hmm. to... to explore my emotions, explore my mental capacities, explore who I am. And physically God wired, I mean, not just wired, but created women to be explored. Before they can enjoy sex. Yeah. They've got Mm -hmm. to, that's part of the process of the buildup for the woman is to be explored and touched and to um, allow her body to take time to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So it's inviting the man to say, hey, this is something I enjoy, but you need to take time knowing me. Mm-hmm. And I need you relationally face-to-face and just to, to get to know me. 
Yeah, that's good. And then with the man, I'll never forget reading the book Wild at Heart. And, and in that book, he did such a great job of painting the picture of how God created a man and that God created men to explore and to discover mm-hmm. and to conquer and to show himself strong. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think in our modern times, that's been weakened. Yeah. That's been, that's been watered down. And, um, you oh, know, I saw. Don't open the door for me. I can handle it myself. I'm a woman. I can do whatever a man can yeah, do. Yeah. 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 And, um, and on, and, but not just on his back, but on her behalf. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's why, you know, it's so funny because I'll see Colby when he gets around, you know, other kids and little girls and he's, he's got his heart devoted to this one particular little girl for life. <laughs> but even if he's not interested in a girl, he'll peacock a little bit, you know, yeah. he'll just stand taller or he'll be funnier. Yep. Even if he's not interested, but that's just the way guys are and, and women make fun of it you know listen if, if you know you touch my arm i'm probably going to tighten it up <laughs> you know there's not anything there but if there was and, and men just want to you know want to discover and explore and be strong and peacock a little bit and really to rise to the occasion with lack of a better term and to come through for his wife. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be perceived as weak. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is in sex, I think that presents a problem a lot, a lot of time. The woman wants to be discovered and explored. Well, the man's like, I don't have to explore. You're right there. Let me just conquer. Yeah. And he needs to take his time and explore. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times sex doesn't work. It's just there's no exploration. There's no get to know me. There's no foreplay. There's no nothing like yeah. that, whether it be exploring physically uh, through foreplay and, and the sexual, you know, time you're spending together or whether it be, you know, we always say that sex, I mean, foreplay starts when you get up in the morning. Yeah. Just, you know, flirting, getting to know each other, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's exploring and conquering. Yeah. You know, and that's all a part of it. And that's, isn't that really cool that God didn't mm-hmm. just wire us emotionally, mentally, but also physically the way our sexual parts work and fit together as a man and a woman. To fit, to mirror our emotional needs um, in the relationship, which means that, that sex is not just physical. There's a whole lot more to it that he, he gave us the physical need and then he, he gave us a way to do that physically, but then he gave us this emotional and physical drive to fulfill that with our Mm -hmm. spouse. And so God did design us that way, but what were his intentions for the sexual relationship? And we've kind of talked a little bit about them, but we think there's several. And um, the first one we think is that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And we see that in, in Genesis where it says they were both naked and not ashamed. Mm. They were emotionally even exposed to each other. Yeah. And it wasn't sinful. No. They, there wasn't any um, shame from past sin and to hide or to cover there wasn't any expectations of I don't look like all the magazine covers or the people on tv or what society says I know exactly it wasn't there and Mm -hmm. so and it it was I can be who I want to be with you completely vulnerable as well Mm -hmm. and and then in Genesis 4 1 it says that Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and 
Um, she said, and I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Adam knew, that word knew there, he he knew her, understood her. He knew her like nobody else could. Mm-hmm. He knew her in a way, and that, you think about how God designed that for a husband and wife, just for the two of them, that nobody else on the planet should know our spouse in that way. Mm-hmm. It's private, it's personal, it's that's an area that nobody else should know about either mm-hmm. one of us. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that emotional connection allows us to be bonded together. Yeah. And it's a chemical release that God planted in our chemical makeup. It's a, it's a opioid release. It's that, uh, you know, opioid bonding. It's kind of what it is. Mm. It, it bonds you together like super glue. Mm. And that's where I think uh, that's why, and we'll talk about it later, but that's where pornography mm. affairs and all that, because that bonding happens then as well mm. with that chemical bonding. Um, it can be broken, but that's where it gets dangerous. So God created us to create this super glue like bond mm-hmm. through the sexual relationship, both chemically, emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. and in every way, mentally. Yep. Like the bonding aid. Tell about the bonding agent with the super yeah it was pretty cool um several i don't know where i saw it several years ago it was probably on a youtube video everything seems to come from that <laughs> right but basically if you take um um super glue and you're trying to super glue together you take and you you know how you sit there and you have to hold it together yes. for like 20 seconds and yep. then you try to get it apart and your fingers are stuck to it yep. and it actually pulls the thing <laughs> apart that you were trying to glue together because your yep. fingers are stuck to it so if you take baking soda and sprinkle it on it and then snap it and then put it together, it creates this chemical bond that instantly dries the super glue and bonds it together. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not scientific enough to know what that's called, but it works. And I do, I use it all the time now yeah. whenever I use super glue. And that's very, it's kind of a great illustration of what God intends the sexual union to do. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's this chemical bond. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the first thing is that it creates this emotional connection, but two, God created first physical pleasure. Um, you know, he could have made the act just very functional if he just wanted to create other humans and fill the world. Mm-hmm. Well, people uh, tend to think that that's the primary reason he made it is, po- is to populate the earth, which that's part that's of one it. Of but, but that's one of them. But he, I mean, he couldn't have made that just a very yep. boring, functional yep. thing. He didn't have to... He didn't have to tie your emotions to it or yeah. your mental, you know, your mental capacity to it or That's right. anything. He didn't even have to make it pleasurable, um, but he did. And um, he created both man and woman in such a way um, with all these nerve endings that sex feels good to both of them. And, and here's the thing. If that's not true for you, then come back to listen to the next few episodes because we're going to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. But God intended sex to be pleasurable and intended it to be enjoyable. And he intended it to be a... Um, it's a shared experience. It's a shared that, experience, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, thing, that's something... I mean, if you've got nothing else in common with your spouse, if you don't have any other activity that you can enjoy with your spouse, hopefully you can at least enjoy sex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, so if you're not having fun going out and if you don't have the same interest, well... <laughs> This is one Hopefully of them. you have a shared interest Maybe. there. Yeah. And and then the third thing to that is procreation, but it wasn't just for that purpose. No. God mm. did give us that as a gift if that's something that he's called us to, mm-hmm. is, you know, in marriage. And I know some couples have a hard time with that. It took us, it was really hard for us to be it able to It took us a long time. We, we did a podcast about that. And there's some couples that never can conceive. 
And and if you feel like it's only for procreation, then boy, I'm a failure. Yeah. God created me to be a failure if that's what it was about. Right. And um and it's not just about that. But yeah. God's plan for sexual intimacy, it it's based on an intimate connection through friendship. Yeah. And that's what we saw in that in the garden. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw through them. They they walked and talked and shared experiences in this perfection. Yeah. And um and, and out of that relationship they were they were allowed to experience this emotional um it's a mental, emotional, physical, it's a it's it's every level of you on a human level. Mm-hmm. It's your body, soul, your spirit, it's all of it combined in this mm-hmm. thing like nothing else is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a darn good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's where we're gonna stop for this week. But we do have some action points, and I think, um, first of all, spend some time this week thinking about um, what your sex life is like with your spouse, and you've probably been thinking of that through this podcast as we're talking. You've probably been doing the mental inventory or the, uh, you know, kind of thinking through it in your mind. Is it still great? Was it ever great? Is it passionate, or is it just functional? Mm-hmm. And those things can change. Yeah. And, 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 and here's, seasons. You can go through seasons. I was just about yep. to say that. We go through seasons where, you know, whether it's we have children, new children, or we have teenagers, or we have busy jobs, or we have coronavirus, and we can't be alone for, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes out of the day. There's yeah. different seasons. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of grace involved in that. So we're not asking, yeah. you know, we're not saying it has to be. And I think that's very unfair. Mm-hmm. If you've been married 30 years and now in your 50s, expecting it expecting it to be like it was when you were 21 yeah. when God created your sex drive very differently than how he creates the sex drive of a 50 year old yeah. so there's the degree of health changes mm-hmm. over the course of your marriage and your life but the important thing in that is to actually as awkward as it might be to talk to your spouse about it because um you do grow and change Mm -hmm. and your expectations or your desires might grow and change. And maybe you haven't assessed that in a long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe you haven't talked about it. And maybe one of you is in a different place than the other. And you don't want to allow that to become a wedge between you in your Uh -uh. relationship. And, um, and if that's, you know, ask them the the questions that that you just thought through or how, how are, where are we in this? Mm -hmm. Is it something that's still a vibrant part of our relationship or are we good with where things are there? Because God did create that to be a part, even on some level, it's got, it it is part of that marriage relationship that's healthy. And and if you can't find a way to bring it up, just say, Hey, I listened to this great podcast this week. And we say that a lot. And I think it's a good way. If you, mm -hmm. if it's a hard thing to talk about, just listen to this, you know, together or let them listen to it. And then y'all talk about it. Yeah, I think that's good. So, um, I think I think an important thing is do something fun together this yeah. week. Um, man, that's I think I think having fun, spending time together is a great basis to um, yeah. have sex afterwards. <laughs> well, and find find <laughs> something that you can do that um, works for for the way women and men were wired. Find something yeah, you can good. do shoulder to shoulder, and something that in, involves face to face. That if you can work all that into one date, that's so, even men love better. to eat women. You put good food in front of us, man. We'll sit there yeah, and talk to you. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. well, listen, join us for the next two episodes because this is, like we said, it's a three-part series. And uh, we hope you have a great day, a great week, and go have sex. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.